Hello and welcome to the Really Truly Music podcast. My name's Ricky and I'm with Dan. Hi Dan. Hello. And today we're doing another review episode of Dove's new album, The Universal One. So this is their first album in over a decade and I'm not going to talk too much about it right now because anyone who listened to our first episode knows that Dan mentioned he's a big fan of Dove so he's going to have a lot more (laughs) insight into the sort of backstory of the band so yeah Dan first of all just as a quick side note were you listening to it I know you mentioned you were going to get the vinyl of the album have you listened to it on the vinyl or has that arrived yet uh I've actually got to go and pick it up from the record shop Ah, um maybe today maybe tomorrow so yeah, no, I cheated and just like I couldn't, I couldn't wait. So yeah, don't blame me. Just been smashing it on Spotify recently, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to receiving the vinyl for sure. Definitely, yeah. Obviously, you know a little bit more than me, um, so I don't know if you can provide a bit of insight to the the new album. Well, yeah, I mean, as you said, it's the first album that they've recorded in ten years. I think Kingdom of Rust, which was their last album, came out in. I think it might have been 2009 that it actually came, like the end of 2009 that it came out. Um, and then they released The Greatest Hits with a couple of new tr- tunes on it. And then they sort of disappeared into the wilderness and did they did a couple of solo albums. Like Jez Williams did a solo album with the drummer under the title Black Rivers, which to be honest with you, I never actually listened to. Okay. But Jimmy Goodwin did a, did a solo record as well, which was which was very good. So yeah, and then they they announced that they were reforming a couple of years ago, and they did a they did a comeback gig at the Royal Albert Hall, which I was lucky enough to be at. Cool. Uh, which was which was for the Teenage Cancer Trust um, gigs that they do. Yeah. And there was no new there was no new material played. It was just all like the classic sort of songs that everyone knows them for, and it was really good. And then yeah, they've they've come up with the Universal Want, which was released last Friday. You know, personally for me, you know, without fanboying too much, you know, I was really excited to to, to listen to it because I think Doves are a very kind of underrated band in like in in this country. I think I think. They, they market themselves as kind of just like a rock band, but there's a lot more going on in their tunes than what they get credit for. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very much displayed with this album because to summarise it before going into any detail, to be honest, the way I've, I've listened to it is it's basically an electronic album in disguised as a rock album. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, have a, they have a keyboard player that they've recorded all their songs with. Over the years, like an unofficial fourth mem- member called Martin Rebelski. And I feel as if he's had a lot more sort of say on this album. Like, I, that could be absolute drivel, but it just the way it sounds, it feels as if he's had, yeah, just a lot more of a creative input. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've listened to it probably three times all the way through. And then obviously, I know the singles very well. Um, when Carousels came out a couple of months ago, for me, it was just like the ultimate comeback song you know it was just like the most distilled version of a dove song yeah and i couldn't have been more happy about it you know it was it had everything you know had a it had an amazing drum beat jez williams is just sort of signature super melodic guitars going on and then he got jimmy goodwin's really nice voice just over the top of it and 
it was a great it was a great comeback single um have you, how many times have you listened to it have you um i listened to it twice in a row when i first listened um mm. doing the household chores so i just had it spinning nice and then i think i probably listened to it another couple of times since but sort of split up and then i've just gone back to a couple of the songs my um experience with doves has been really through you we mentioned in one of our episodes that we were doing these ultimate set lists on spotify um a few months ago where we were basically making the ultimate set list of like our favorite bands putting songs together Mm -hmm. as what we'd like them to play but also realistically what they probably would play to appease everyone Mm -hmm. doves was one of the playlists you made and to be honest bar maybe a couple of the songs i really wasn't aware of them and i think that plays into what you said about them being quite underrated really like they, they get lost in the crowd of other bands but at the same time i don't think they're like those other bands that that they're associated with no not at all so carousels um albeit a new song i i heard it with all their other tracks you know going back 20 years or whatever so mm. but yeah having said that the the track had a a new edge to it in in the the way that the drums almost sounded like a kind of sampled beat like they're they're, they're not I don't know. It's... I think they, to be honest with you, I, I actually think they were. Yeah. Um. I can't remember the guy's name. There was an African, like an Afrobeat drummer yeah. that passed away about a year ago, maybe even less than a year ago. And I remember catching a bit of an article whereby they actually sample like a, a bit of a tune that he drummed on. And that's used as the bass loop for carousels oh okay well yeah, yeah there you go then that's why it does yeah. sound yeah but um yeah so and it, it definitely had a um a more as you say a more electronic edge to it without being you know you wouldn't listen to it and be like oh yeah this is an electronic tune it's still like a very it's got a nice mix of sort of electronic and organic i think in the sounds mm. so carousels was definitely a, a great single choice i didn't actually realize that the other two singles is it uh cathedrals of the mind and prisoners or prisoner yeah is, yeah i um yeah i didn't actually realize that they were singles when i listened to them but uh, fair enough. Uh, it was only afterwards but um cathedrals of a mind of the mind uh is i find an interesting single um not that Mm. it's like a bad song at all because it's one of my favorites on the album but it just is a more subdued epic track i guess in a way and it it, it doesn't really it doesn't have a standard structure and things and but fair play to them for for throwing that out it's it's an interesting point actually because um i think that says a lot about like what doves are trying to do because I think Doves are very much a, are a fans band. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think, I have a feeling they're not a band that have like a general kind of audience. Like as if you were to compare, you know, like Stereophonics or like Oasis, who probably have much more of a sort of, they, obviously they've got their diehard fans like every band, but I think there's more of a casual kind of demographic behind them. But yeah. I feel like Doves are much more of a specialist no, I agree, fans yeah. kind of band. So obviously one of their most famous songs and which is a fan favorite is a track called the cedar room which is on the fir- which is the final track on the first album and that is very much a slow sort of moody but also very epic song yeah um, it's nearly eight minutes long that isn't it yeah yeah it's, oh, it's a cracker but <laughs> i feel like cathedrals of the mind is like their universal want version of the cedar room and i feel like they it was a single purely because that they sort of know what the fans like yeah yeah because i think they always play the cedar room like 
if they're playing live, they'll always play that last or at least like right down the bottom of the set list, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah, no, I think what you're what you're saying is bang on in terms of it's a weird single, but it's also just like the perfect single for reaching out to the fans that have been waiting for a new song for eleven exactly. years. Exactly, and I like that. I, I like it when a band doesn't choose necessarily the obvious choice as a single. Mm. So yeah, that, that's not a criticism at all. I, I think it's a great shout for them. Yeah, I mean, it's not as if they're really gonna, you know, single the single chart isn't really a thing anymore. Anymore. No, so it's exactly. not like they're trying to, you know, oh yeah, we've got to get top 10 with Cathedrals of the Mind. Like it's not like that anymore. <laughs> like it's just, it's just like, yeah, let's just bang it up first and see how many, how many streams we get or something. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, what did you think of the sort of overall musicianship and, and sound of the album? To be honest with you, I think it's, and this isn't a detriment to it, I think it's just classic doves. Yeah. And I love that I love it for that with just a more of a polished production. Yeah. I'm happy that they haven't tried and you know, because after eleven years you might think a band wants to kind of, you know, try something new to keep it fresh. And to a certain extent, like the songwriting sounds fresh, you know, it sounds like they have been they've had time to put like effort and passion into the songwriting, but in terms of when it comes to like the performance and the production, they've just stuck to their guns. And I feel like that's just, that couldn't be more of a bonus because Jez Williams has such a signature sound on his guitar. You know, it's, essentially they are only, I know I said earlier about them being a four, um, having a fourth member in terms of a keyboard, but essentially they are a three piece and Jez Williams and Jimmy Goodwin, who's a, the singer and the bassist, they, they have a lot of like gaps to fill you know, rhythmically and melodically. So I feel like throughout throughout the the entire album, they've just played to their strengths. And I think that is one of the strongest reasons why this album's so good is because they've just gone for it. Mm, yeah. Um, like there's a track called I Will Not Hide. Yeah. Uh, which, which uh, hold on, let me just, uh, it's like track seven. No, it's not what we're talking about. Track two, sorry. Um and that's just got, I feel like that is the kind of personification of this album. You know, it's got amazing synths and programming like churning through it. But it's also got Jez Williams' sort of deep, guttural, kind of riffy, slightly neo-Western guitars going mm, on. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, and then like Jimmy Goodwin's vocals is just sort of, I don't know, you can't, he has such a standard sound to his vocals, you know, in terms, he doesn't, he can't, he's not a versatile singer at all, mm. but what he does, he does so well, and that's, yeah. that shines through on that song, and um, yeah, man, like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just really happy that they've just brought an album out with just strong songs, playing to their strengths, with great production, it, it just shines through, to be honest. I think yeah. they've, they've chosen a good route to go down in that, yeah, like you say, they haven't, tried to reinvent the wheel or anything or you know change genres but at the same time they've just sort of evolved um kept their signature sound and just added bits to it at least from you know as i said i'm not a i don't know their discography that well but from from what i heard uh, of mm. their older stuff and and this album which i know a lot more mm -hmm. uh, that does seem to be the case and and actually um jez williams his guitars is is actually crazy how much space he fills with them i know yeah the fact that there are three people i mean obviously on the album it i'm sure there's overdubs and things going on but mm. the fact that his guitars just they drive the songs in a lot of the, the ways like the the riffs and just the the, the sheer vastness of a, a lot of them just coated in reverb and you know mm -hmm. there's loads of effects going on but unlike the the last review the the click drip album it's a lot more organic and sort of mm 
analog sounding yeah. and it's just There's nice. A lot more, yeah, definitely. And you can just hear it. Well, from I've not seen them live. You you could confirm this, but I could just only imagine how loud they are live. They sound like they're such a loud band. Just crank their guitars up so that it's sort of breaking and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just sounds massive. And I imagine in the studio that guitar if you were standing in the same room as that guitar amp you know you'd, you'd go deaf <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny because i've seen them i've actually seen them live three times uh most recently i saw them at the oh my god what's it called the summer series at somerset house that they do every year well not obviously not this year but like every other year yeah um and obviously that was outside and i think there was like a volume i don't know i feel like there was a volume limit that they could play to because it, it was like an outdoor gig in central london sure yeah previously to that was the comeback gig they did at the royal albert hall and again the royal albert hall isn't the it's an absolutely magnificent venue but it's not the best for like sound quality no yeah and so even even there they were they were like slightly quiet but rewind 10 years prior no 8 years prior to that i saw them at the troxy in east london which is just like your, your bog standard sort of academy venue, and my god, yeah, they were just <laughs> it was it was next level how loud they were, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, Jez Williams's guitars were like ringing out, and he's a, he's an absolute virtuoso when it comes to sort of timing and and pedal tone changes and stuff. Oh, yeah, you know, he's yeah. he he's done, he's like a little he's like a tap dancer, you know, he's constantly just like, and I don't think he has any rack gear. Okay, I think every I think everything's done like at his feet. Yeah. And there's so many tones and styles that he's got to change up, like, you know, within a song and throughout the set. Um, and, I, yeah, I feel like that live kind of, not spontaneity, because obviously everything's planned, but, you know, the kind of performance of him doing all the changes of tone, I feel as if that comes through in the album, in the recording as well. Yeah. Like, there's a kind of, like, edgy sort of urgency to, like, the way the way he's playing and, like, the way the sounds change. Mm. Yeah, um, which kind of gives it kind of, even though it's a very polished sound that the album has, it's also quite like raw in terms of the way it's done. Yeah, definitely, and I think that that point lends itself to the production as well because the going back to what we said about it almost being like an electronic album, but also having a, a really nice mix of organic drums and guitars and and everything. The whole album just sounds like it's got this nice saturation to it, like it's just is busy like there's a lot going on but everything sort of cuts yeah. through nicely yeah as a production guy myself mm. to a degree i i did enjoy that aspect of the album as well and it's like it's tight as well like in terms of the way the, the album structured it's 10 songs i feel i feel like albums are getting shorter these days i don't know, yeah, I don't no. know if it's just like been a coincidence but i feel like albums that they used to be like sort of 12 13 songs and now yeah. it's now 10 seems to be like the new standard i like that standard i do prefer I shorter. Do albums i do as well yeah, yeah. it's like quant quality over quantity yeah, yeah. you know mm. and obviously people's attention you know people's attention spans are, are degenerating because of the way the world is with social media and like exactly. you know doing everything quickly so yeah yeah they've got to be more punchy and snappy and you can do that badly and you can do that well if you have the material and obviously yeah they've you know smashed out the park the songs are all well chosen on this album even the yeah. actual, um, the order of the album, I think, was really nicely put together. Uh, it's got a nice mm. sort of cadence to it. Um, yeah, After yeah. the sort of the epicness of For Tomorrow with the, the guitar at the end, and then it goes into uh, Cathedrals of the Mind, uh, which kind yeah. of slows the pace down. And then, yeah, the second half of the album, uh, Cycle of Hurt and Mother Silver Lake, I guess they're more 
showcasing the instrumental side, I think, of the band, um, those yeah. two tracks, especially Mother Silver Lake, because um, Jez uh, sings on that song, doesn't he, Jez Williams? Well, for, for us half of it. And it's it's weird because it's his vocals, are especially in the chorus, are just coated in reverb, and it's just about mm. this sort of, I don't know, this sort of groove that's going on. It's, it's really like, it's like a really groovy track. Yeah, Mother Silver Lake is absolutely true. And I apologise to any, if, if there are any Doves fans listening, um, I I can't think of another tune of theirs that has Jez and Jimmy singing like a like together on the same song. Yeah, yeah. So this, you know, caveat that could be bollocks, but I'm pretty sure that um, yeah, that's the first Doves collaborative vocal record. It works. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. It like is. I think yeah, Jez Williams wouldn't be the first person to say that he has the best voice in the, in the world, but. He does have a unique. It's so different to to Jimmy's that yeah. there's like a kind of, you know, the, the the fact that they're on the same song and doing like a verse each or whatever. Yeah, um, there feels like it's, it's kind of like a chapter change. Yeah, and the and the way um, his vocals, uh, Jez Williams's vocals, sort of blend into the chorus with the reverb, yeah. it really works. Whereas I don't think that would have worked as well um, with Jimmy's vocals, but it worked. They've they've clearly chosen that on purpose yeah and another thing is like I don't, they're not they're a band that aren't afraid to um display their influences as well and or like what they've been listening to like i feel i feel like because there's a track called uh, yeah the track prisoners which was as you've mentioned already was the second single yeah that kind of weirdly reminded me of the track a, a stroke song called one way trigger with like kind of like the really sort of met metromononic i don't think that's even a word but you know <laughs> the word i'm trying to say yeah like the really sort of punchy like rhythmic kind of like urgency to yeah, it, it yeah. just i couldn't get out of my head that it was i was like oh it sounds like one way trigger by the strokes mm. um it has that sort of like yeah fast indie rock kind of edge to it yeah yeah um, but i also love in that song just quickly that the guitar tone yeah uh in the solo where it sort of breaks up i know that you mean again it just highlights the tone the different tones going on guitar wise i don't know i feel like maybe the way in which that was performed you know it was just sort of there you know jez was in the studio he had all his gear out and you know he sort of was just pissing about with different sounds and he just chose the one that works you know he probably had like i would love to hear all the other takes that yeah. we, you know to see how different they were because it, it, it does have like a spontaneous unpredictable yeah kind of feeling to it and yeah also the the the, the title track the universal want there's a bit at the end where it kind of goes, it's quite a standard song, but underneath it, there's always this like churning kind of housey kind of like drum beat to it, which kind of comes out by itself yeah. at the end as kind of like an outro. And it, yeah, it kind of reminded me of Kid A by Radio. Yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison, actually. Yeah. And also like it has sort of dithery kind of like breaking up digital kind of sounding synths that, yeah, it kind of harks back to sort of. I love yeah, that like, sound. Yeah, it's it's like yeah. analog synth, and it's just it just sounds really nice, really warm. But also the way they've mixed it into the track so that it comes out towards the end is uh, yeah. that probably was a tricky one to get right, and they they did get it right. I think the, I think for me, like the only if 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 you know, gun to head, if you were to say like, oh, you know, what would you change about it, or what what you're not too fan of, and as much as I think it's an absolutely pretty little tune. I'm so used to Doves ending their albums quite strong, strongly with like a kind of anthemic finish. And they, they've taken the conscious decision to kind of end it quite subtly with Forest House. 
Yeah. And yeah, like I like I think it's a lovely little song, but I feel like maybe it could have fitted better like as like a kind of interlude track maybe further up. I would have said swap Forest House and Universal One round. Yeah. Um maybe. Yeah. Um only because that I'd love the album to end on that electronic beat at the end. I think that's that would yeah. be great. Um, that would be good. Yeah. Or even actually Maybe even uh, Cathedrals of the Mind would have been a good ender as well. Um, like something that's sort of a bit more, you know, has a statement to it. And it's like, yes, this is the end of the album. Yeah. It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't tarnish the kind of flow because the flow of the album is, is, is very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe they could have, in an, in an alternative world, they could have done that, that, done that differently and it would have worked just as well. Fair enough. Well, yeah, for me, I guess if um, we're on, on the negatives... Um, Generally, I, I find this a really positive album, but there's a couple of tracks that I thought that they're not bad, but um, mm. they're not as strong. I thought Broken Eyes wasn't as strong as the others. When I first heard it, I, I enjoyed it and I do like the chorus, but I think I think it's just the chords in the verse. I don't know. It sounds I hear that chord progression quite a lot and. I'm a bit sort of over it, if you know what I mean. And also Cycle of Hurt, I thought had some really good moments in it. Um, I like the sort of jazzy parts uh, in the guitars and it's almost like loungy mm. in some aspects. I mean, again, it, it's not a bad song by any means. I just, it didn't stand out to me as much as some of the other tracks. No. Um, and also like what you say about Forest House. Again, it's a nice it's a nice track, but as an ending track, that's probably where the, the flow of the album could have, been altered and i i'd probably stick with what i said about maybe swapping forest house with universal want yeah and and to be fair to, to also add on with the with the track the universal no hold on which one's it called um sorry prisoners yes um as much as i like it as a song i don't it did remind me very much of another str- track of theirs like is, there's a track called andalusia yeah, do you know what? Um, when I heard Prisoners, I, when I was listening to it, I was like, damn, have I heard this before? And I had yeah. And yeah, it must be that as well. It must be. Because yeah. Andalusia is a great song. I like that. Oh, it's really good. No, no. So I, I, it's an underrated song of theirs because they, they released that. I think it was the single to the greatest hits album they brought out. Yeah. So it kind of got lost a little bit. It, it kind of got lost a little bit. But yeah, I feel like Prisoners, it sounds very similar, like very similar. Okay. And also the track I Will Not Hide. I don't know. It kind of sounds like a like a collage of loads of other Dove songs mixed together, which isn't a bad thing, okay. really. Yeah. But I feel you could easily mistake that for like, oh, that's on like that's on their other album, and that's on the last broadcast. That's no, it's a new song. Like, oh, okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah that's it sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously it's their style, and it's you know things come around all the time. They can't help it. That's just the way they write their tunes, and. Um, you know, the quality of the song itself is still very high. It's just, yeah, uh, you could just tell that sometimes they get stuck in their own sort of parameters of, of writing. And yeah, that's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Fair sometimes enough. it sounds similar to other songs. Yeah, yeah. It's like Oasis though, isn't it? Everyone, like, everyone loves Oasis, but every Oasis song sounds like every other For Oasis sure. song. Yeah, 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 exactly. Not a bad, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. So should we go to final thoughts, rating time? Yeah, so for me, you know, this is an album that I think is is... Like I said, I've only listened to it about twice all the way through uh, and obviously heard the singles a little bit more than that. But I still think there's going to be scope for me to for this to grow on me. Um, I haven't gone out for my for my usual night walk that I do with this album, you know, to, to really like mm. immerse myself in the vibes. But I will be. Um, so the production of this album, I think, is really, really clean and tight. And um, the, the members of the band are playing to their strengths and... 
they've clearly spent more time making sure the the songwriting quality is is up there you know because it must be very hard for a band to come back you know a decade after they're releasing their last tune it must be quite a daunting thing but yeah i feel like they've put they've pulled it off and there's some really good moments in this album that um it's going to go you know i think this album will go down as like a as like one of their best albums mm. quite honestly yeah so yeah i mean to be honest with you, um for now you know with scope of, of it going up a fair out of 10 will be an eight and a half for me okay yeah sure i'd imagine that will probably go up for you in time maybe yeah I, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure <laughs> but um yeah no i i don't want to speak too soon yeah, but yeah like it's it's a great it's a great album i've really enjoyed listening to it um you know, I'd rather listen to this 50 times and listen to that Clip Drip album again. <laughs> Exactly. This has been a welcome. <laughs> I haven't really listened to anything in between the two albums, so coming to this was such a nice, refreshing... Yeah, like, oh, thank God. God. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so yeah, eight and a half. How about you? Fair enough, yeah. So for me, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I don't have the the knowledge of their discography as much as you. Um, I enjoyed the, the set list you put together. But yeah, so this was almost coming in uh, as a new listener really i like the production the production is really nice i like the musicianship in terms of it being organic with the really sort of organic guitar tones um really loud guitars uh as you could imagine in the studio mm. but then also mixed in with sort of sampled drums and you know since some strings as well in cycle of hurt and things like that the guitars washed in reverb yeah it's just a really nice sonically enjoyable album as i said there's a couple of songs that um don't stick out as much for me um broken eyes and and cycle of her even though i did just mention it that both of them have little parts that i like but i think as a whole they dipped a little bit um for me there and i would have liked universal one as the ending i think that would have been a really really memorable ending to the album sure yeah. forest house is nice but it's not as memorable i don't think um, no, but for me, yeah, at the moment, I'm gonna I'll rate this. I'd say a seven point five out of ten. Um, nice. I'm gonna keep listening to it, um, and again, see see how that alters. Also, what I, I will say is, it'll probably be good to at some point go back and just give a quick re-review of some of the albums we've done, um, because yeah. I don't think over time our ratings are going to be reflective of of what we have that's a good point to be fair and i always feel like when when reading sort of like you know mainstream reviews you know they clearly get there's clearly like an embargo where they get like a week to listen to the album prior to it releasing yeah and then they have to bang a review out and um yeah sometimes you read a review and you're like you didn't really listen to it though, exactly did you, mate? yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah no it's a, that's a good idea actually yeah we're also um i mean we'll put this out on the socials and that but um yeah we are going to be releasing a public playlist for for everyone to listen to it's just consisting of songs that like the people involved in the in the podcast have been listening to and um we're making it so that there's not we don't like add like 50 songs at once you know it's going to be like a couple each every week just to keep the numbers low but you know the quality hopefully high yeah and then we're going to change that every season is that is that cool like i like Ricky? that idea it, yeah. yeah it's just yeah. Sort of, i thought of it about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but um i feel like it's a good shout because it's like you know free every three months just refresh it and um yeah no i feel like that'd be good so keep a lookout for that and yeah, um, yeah make sure to follow it good stuff Well, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, give us a like and a follow on social media. We're at the RTM podcast. And thank you, thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. Uh, and we will and see you, see you later. Take care. See you later.